Justin Tucker may have missed a point after, but the world is not ending. Hello everyone, I'm Christopher Linfont, and welcome to Nest Talk, the most elite Baltimore Ravens podcast on the internet. So, as you all know, Justin Tucker missed a point after. He was 222 of 222 in his career in the NFL and never missed one in college, and I would venture as far back to say that probably not high school either. Justin Tucker uh, on a point after try was the most reliable thing in any sport, uh, any team in any sport, in anywhere. Um, and to tie the game on Sunday, he missed wide right on a point after. Never had before. Very bad timing, especially with 29 seconds or 24 seconds left to go. The Ravens had just tied the game up, or thought have to have just tied the game up with a John Brown touchdown, and uh, the, the, that Justin Tucker could just not make the point after. Um, we got a lot of talk to talk about today, but we will f- start with the Saints game. Uh, Justin Tucker's point after was not the only um, was not the only uh, storyline from the Saints game. So let's kind of rewind a little bit and talk about um, the entire game. Um, obviously, Baltimore lost. They couldn't find the win on Sunday, but it was a gritty, hard-nosed football game. What a lot of people expected to be a aerial assault game on both sides uh, didn't turn out that way, especially in the first half. A lot of running games, running uh, plays on both sides. But in the second half, the passing games kind of took took off. Um, a great game by Drew Brees. Um, Drew Brees obviously is one of the NFL's um, best players of all time. Um, obviously going to be a Hall of Famer, and he passed for his 500th touchdown um, against the Ravens, and then his 501st. Um, so congratulations to Drew Brees on a phenomenal career, phenomenal game, really. Um, he's definitely one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch in the league. He finished the day 22 out of 30 for 12, tw- I'm sorry, 212 yards and two touchdowns. Um, some other key Saints players, Alvin Kamara, uh, 17 yard, seven, sorry, 17 attempts, 64 yards. Uh, Mark Ingram, 12 attempts for 32 yards. Taysom Hill, the third string quarterback who plays quarterback, running back, wide receiver, uh, k- kickoffs, not the kickoff specialist, but uh, gunner on the kickoffs, return man, I and mean, he's everywhere on the field. Um, he made tackles. It, it was remarkable. Um, he finished uh, the day with six carries for 35 yards. Um, I don't believe he caught any passes. Um, Michael Thomas had a, had a good day, seven receptions, 69 yards. Um, Trey Quan Smith, three receptions, 44 yards. Ben Watson, the former Raven, six receptions for 43 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I should also mention Michael Thomas got the, the other touchdown. Um, yeah, and that was it It for the, the offense on, on the um, Saints side. Defensively, uh, Crawley didn't have a very good day in coverage, but, but ended up with six tackles, uh, leading the team there. Marshawn Lattimore had a good day um, covering, did well against Michael Crabtree. Um, um, some very good plays at, uh, from him. And the, the, the Saints defensive line and, and front seven did well in stuffing the run for the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens still have had issues running the ball, which was a strength last year. Uh, not a strength at all this year. Alex Collins is averaging under four yards a carry. Uh, in this game, he averaged about 3.8 yards a carry. Um, On to the Ravens, though. Um, some decent decent plays uh, from a whole bunch of people. So let's go out with our standout performers of the day. Uh, first standout performer of, of Sunday, Joe Flacco. He threw 23 of 39. Not the best completion rate. But um, a few drops here and there, and, and he had to air it out uh, a few times, especially late in the game when they were trying to catch up. 
Um, he he threw for 279 yards and two touchdowns. He is currently still on pace to hit 5,000 yards this season. Um, he is number five in the league with passing yards. So it's going to be really interesting to see <laughs> how far Joe Flacco can go with this this season. Um, another standout performer, John Brown. Um, honestly, John Brown this season has been uh, a tremendous addition for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I expected him to do well, but not this well. Um, he caught seven passes against the Saints for 134 yards and um, one touchdown um, as well. John Brown has really um, become the favorite target for Joe Flacco. Um, he He's a very good deep threat, um, very sure hands. He doesn't drop very many balls, um, and, and he's he's on pace for, for a pretty good uh, season so far this year. Um, really, this this receiving game has really opened doors for the Ravens' offense. Uh, John Brown has 558 yards so far in the season. That would make it, this his third best season under um, 2014 and 2015. 2015 is when he won for over 1,000 yards. Uh, John Brown easily is going to hit 1,000 yards this year. Uh, he might win Comeback Player of the Year uh, the way he's been playing uh, with all his injury issues in the past. He's been lights out for Joe Flacco and the Ravens. Um, and then, of course, exemplified this against the Saints this past Sunday. Michael Crabtree, another receiver who I thought stood out on Sunday. Uh, five receptions for 66 yards. He's a reliable pass catcher. Um, he had a couple bad games uh, with some drops. Cleveland was his worst game of the season. He kept dropping ball after ball and including a game-winning touchdown. Um, but against the Titans, he balled out. And against the Saints, he balled out again, this time for five receptions. For 66 yards, no touchdowns, but caught some uh, some clutch passes passes against the sideline. Drew, drew a uh, pass interference late in the game that really helped the Ravens uh, hold on to the drive. Um, really, really good stuff from Michael Crabtree, proving that he is uh, really the stable receiver on this team. The Anquan Bolden type, um, the sure hand guy who's going to go up, grab a ball over a defender, and come down with it. So great, great plays by Michael Crabtree. Uh, Michael Pierce is another standout performer from Sunday. Great, great job at nose tackle. Michael Pierce for the past few seasons has been a very good run stuffer, and he did well against Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram on Sunday. Uh, he was getting off blocks well, doing a lot of great things. Great awareness by him uh, to watch the runner and, and get around blockers and grab them. Um, and then, of course, he picked up a fumble on the first drive of the game that secured the Ravens, um, tur the turnover for the Ravens, uh, grabbing it from the Saints, who were in the red zone. So great, great job by Michael Pierce on Sunday. Uh, he's really shaping up to be one of the best uh, nose tackles, um, really, in the league. I think he's going to be very, very good when it's all said and done. And, of course, C.J. Mosley has another great game. He's our last standout performer for Sunday. Um, C.J. Mosley, great tackling abilities, uh, tremendous run stuffing on Sunday. He did well in the middle of the field. Um, 16 total tackles, 11 ta uh, solo tackles, 5 combined tackles. C.J. Mosley, um, really, he's he, he Ravens haven't re-signed him yet for next year. Um, I don't know what is taking so long because, you know, he is uh, one of the most important players on this Ravens team. I would argue the most important player on the Ravens defense right now, um, and he needs to be locked up for another contract. So, great player. Um, and he wants to stay with this organization, too. Another great game by him. Uh, he's really, really um, a, a huge factor for the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, so those are our five standout performers, and we have uh, a few three um, 
poor performers for the Sundays for Sunday's game against the uh, New Orleans Saints. So the first was Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith against New Orleans Saints did not do well at all. He was unable to hold Michael Thomas um, and prevent him from from doing a lot of damage on the Ravens. Um, he got burned by Michael Thomas a few times. Got outmatched by Michael Thomas. Drew a couple um, defensive pass interferences um, with Michael Thomas. Um, the one that was called on Jimmy Smith in the end zone, though, I would argue probably wasn't his fault. Michael Thomas ran into him. But still, the other one was inexcusable where he was tugging on, on Michael Thomas um, and preventing him from kind of running towards the ball. Jimmy Smith, uh, lockdown cornerback last year, really couldn't produce this week. Um, not a great start for the season for him after missing four games. Um, you know, didn't do super well. I mean, he was okay versus the the, the Cleveland Browns and, and Tennessee Titans, but this is, you know, the matchup where he gets put up against a guy who should be able to lock down based on what he's done in the past, especially last year, and he can't do it. Um, contract year for him. Uh, might not be with the Ravens next year. We'll have to see what happens with him. Hayden Hurst, another uh, poor, poor performer for the game. Hayden Hurst, we've yet to see him really do anything. He missed a few games in the uh, beginning of the season with with a, um, a foot injury, but he did not do very well against the um, New Orleans Saints on Sunday. Uh, dropped a couple passes from Joe Flacco, one little quick pass on the outside left, um, and another pass down the middle, which should have been caught, which you know was in a crucial time late in the game for the Ravens, and he was not able to grab that, and, and, um, and, and the Ravens uh, were not able to continue that drive later on. So not a great, great... Um, not a great day for Hayden Hurst, who first-round pick has yet to really show show up. Mark Andrews has um, outshown him every way of the uh, in every way possible so far this season as a tight end, and he was the third-round pick. So we'll have to see what Hayden Hurst can do down the stretch here in the later half of the season that we're quickly approaching. But Hayden Hurst uh, against the New Orleans Saints, not a very good day. And unfortunately, Justin Tucker. Uh, you never want to put Justin Tucker. On a poor performers list, uh, you never think you're going to see him on a poor performers list either. Um, he did well throughout the day, but the one, the one crucial play that he was not able to convert on ended up costing the Ravens the game. Uh, Baltimore would have gone likely to overtime with the Saints had you know, assuming Drew Brees didn't you know pull some hail mary out of his hat. Um, but Tucker on the one point play to tie the game, uh, always a gimme. He's made every single one in his career. He's been here since 2012 was not able to convert on it, was not able to score, uh, and Tucker was in disbelief. If you seen, saw um, him after the kick, his eyes were like coming out of his head. They were He was very confused on how it happened. The replay, I mean, it looks like he may have hooked it a little bit, but it also looks like the wind had something to do with it, so a combination of both. Um, but he should have been able to put that through the uprights, and he, he wasn't able to. Uh, but, but Tucker will bounce back. I expect him to you know, eventually kick a 75-yard or sometime this season, next season, to break the NFL record forever. Um, you know, the most accurate kick of all time, he'll be okay. Okay, so three takeaways from the game. Um, three main takeaways I saw from this game. Uh, the first is the Ravens' defense held the Saints to just 24 points. This is a major story, um, especially since the Saints are the number one scoring defense. I'm sorry, the number one scoring offense in the league. The Ravens were the number one um, scoring defense in the league, not scoring points, but preventing uh, opposing offenses from scoring, and the Ravens ultimately won the battle. Um, the Saints were, you know, scoring upwards of 40 points a game on some of their games, averaging somewhere over 30, maybe 35 points a game. But um, the Ravens' defense held them throughout most of the game, and it wasn't until the fourth quarter 
um, when the when the Saints scored 17 points, uh, that they you know had anything near a winning score. Uh, the Saints prior to those 17 points had only seven points on the scoreboard um, up until the fourth quarter. So outstanding game really by the Ravens defense, aside from a few errors by some players like Jimmy Smith. Uh, the rest of the, the team did very well, and it was a very overall impressive game from them. Uh, the Ravens' offense did well. Missed some opportunities to close the game earlier. You saw some uh, drops, again, by Hayden Hurst. Uh, Willie Sneed dropped a couple of passes. Um, the run game just could not get moving. But, but Joe Flacco and the, the other uh, receivers like John Brown, Michael Crabtree, uh, Mark Andrews scored a touchdown. They were all coming in, doing their best to win the game. Ultimately, they couldn't do it. They missed a few opportunities again with those drops, and and then you know some drives stalled out, um, you know around midfield. The drive, the second to last drive where the Ravens could have scored, the two fourth downs, they got they got a flag on one that kept them alive, and then they couldn't get it based on a Willie Sneed drop on on fourth down um, again, and a few plays later, if they had converted there and scored a touchdown there, that would have been a completely different game. Tucker could have missed the point after, and it wouldn't have mattered um, as long as the Saints didn't didn't score well even if the Saints did score um, a field goal uh, a touchdown it wouldn't have mattered but you know a field goal would have tied it for them so um, very very strange uh, happening with the Justin Tucker point after I'm still not over it still not really convinced it happened it was kind of like the Twilight Zone watching that especially from the stands no one I mean we from where I was we couldn't even see it um, we thought it was in and then all of a sudden everyone started going crazy and then we saw the refs uh, signaling for no good, and, and it was very confusing. I had no idea that happened. Um, very strange happenings. But, um, yeah, not to get off topic, but the Ravens uh, definitely need to make some more opportunities um, made, made on offense. And, of course, uh, the last uh, takeaway is the Ravens haven't been able to win these close games. Um, they've played since since the 2016 season, so after the 2016 season. The Ravens have played in six games that have been fin- that have been finished in a margin of six points or less uh, within that margin, and the Ravens have lost on all six times. Their last win on a game like this was in 2016. I believe it was week 16 or 15 on December 18th, I think it was, against the Philadelphia Eagles when they won that game. Um, yeah, not a great... Uh, f- week 15, not a great um, statistic for the Ravens. That's pretty darn bad in close games. Um, and it just seems like this bad luck. I mean, you have Flacco against the Cleveland Browns a few weeks ago, throws the game-winning touchdown to Michael Crabtree, dropped. Flacco throws the game-tying, or seemingly game-tying touchdown to John Brown this past week, and the, the point after is is not made. You go back to last year, Joe Flacco engineers a game, uh, seemingly game-winning drive against the Cincinnati Bengals in the Week 17 to put them in the playoffs, and then the 4th and 12 play happens and the Ravens miss the playoffs. So it's just one thing after the other with this team, with bad luck and, and ultimately, you know, folding. The Ravens need to figure out a way to close out these these close games um, because if they're going to make the playoffs and, and be a potential Super Bowl team, they're going to need to win close games, especially against good teams. Am I unhappy with the result? Not really. I would have liked to, to see a win, but um, the New Orleans Saints, as far as I'm concerned, are the first or second best team in the NFC. It really depends on um, how good the Rams are and a head-to-head, how a head-to-head matchup would go. We really don't know. Um, in the NFC, they're one of the top two. Uh, Ravens are probably one of top three or four in the AFC. So ultimately, a one-point score based with a you know fluke play at the end to lose the game, okay, you know, I'm just, you know, if we had gotten blown out, I would have been deflated. This was like, okay, 
I can I can handle this. And I think that's really what a lot of Ravens fans were feeling on Sunday. It was like, all right, we lost, but you know, it was a great game. It was probably the best game I've seen at M&T Bank Stadium. Um, and it just didn't work out for the Ravens. So hopefully um, they'll bounce back against Carolina this week, and we'll see a win in uh, in uh, Charlotte. Okay, but before we talk about this Panthers game, I do want to touch on um, are the Ravens still a power team? I kind of just just kind of you know mentioned it earlier, but uh, the Ravens are really still a top five AFC team, four or five maybe. The Saints, you know, considered among the best in the league. Same with the Ravens. Um, NFL.com uh, has um, an article by Elliot Harrison. He has his power rankings come out every week. He placed the Ravens at eight last week. They were at seven. Uh, ESPN, I think, dropped them from six to seven. Um, it, it was a fluke loss. It was a close game throughout. The Ravens should have been able to pull it out at the end, but ultimately it just didn't happen. So um, a few things went wrong, not just the Justin Tucker missed point after. You know, if Jimmy Smith had not, you know, got called on some of those plays and, and missed some uh, coverages, maybe it would have gone differently. Who knows? Um, but ultimately this team will be okay. I think they're still an 11, a 10-11 to 11 team win. Uh, and we'll just have to see how it plays out down the stretch. So the Ravens did make some roster moves this week as well. Um, after the game, it was apparent that defensive tackle Willie Henry might be injured. Um, the Athletics' Jeff Zrebeck reported that Willie Henry was kind of limping around in the locker room after the game. Um, he now has an apparent back injury that was suffered during the game, and they placed him on the IR. Um, not great for the Ravens' defensive line, but they still have Michael Pierce. They still have some other guys in there who are going to be able to stuff the run because Willie Henry really found himself a niche in the uh, defensive line as a run stuffer. And um, his departure for now with the Ravens is not is not going to be a, a very great thing for that defensive line. He's a pretty good player along it. The Ravens promoted offensive offensive guard Jermaine Illuminor to the, from the practice squad to the 53-man roster. Uh, Illuminor was drafted by the Ravens in 2017, um, born in London, um, played with Texas A&M. Uh, he really never took off in 2017 as a guard. I thought he would. I thought he was a pretty good player, but... Um, ultimately, he's been more of a depth guy, and, and when he has played, he's not been very good. Um, the Ravens do need some depth at offensive guard, especially with the injuries to Bradley Bozeman on, on Sunday. Um, we saw Alex Lewis go down against Tennessee with a neck injury. James Hurst got injured at, in practice, which prevented him from taking over for Alex Lewis. So Bradley Bozeman did instead. Bradley Bozeman got hurt during the game, and Hieronymus Grassu had to come in, um, and they had Lee Evans as well uh, as an offensive lineman but he was the last one uh in the reserves they had to just bring somebody up and this um ir move uh opens the gate for jermaine illuminor to come back on the 53-man roster and um just provide some overall depth to the ravens offensive line moving forward that does you know kind of badly need it and in his place on the practice squad the ravens signed guard Kafi amichia um he's a former six-round pick by the packers he was picked in 2017 as well um, as Jermaine Illuminor. Uh, he never played a game, though, in his entire career, um, wh- which is only one year, so that's, you know, thinkable. But, you know, whether or not he he would be a good player in a pinch, um, that's really unknown at this point. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, hopefully he won't be needed, though. Hopefully everybody will stay healthy. But some other injury news. Um, Alex Lewis has returned to practice after that neck injury scare. Um, he returned to practice today. Uh, that's a great sign for him. I'm so happy that he's okay. It was pretty scary 
last Sunday with the Tennessee Titans game when he went down and had to be carted off the field and rushed to the hospital. But he's okay. There's no issue. He just had a little neck pinch, um, and he should be good to go probably for this week. I couldn't see why he would miss the game against the Panthers at this rate. Um, no real updates on Marlon Humphrey or James Hurst. Harbaugh's not really going to comment until they're actually back on the field um, or they'd be out for the year. So no updates yet on them, but no, I don't believe it. either have returned to practice. Um, so another question has been popping up, uh, popping up around Raven circles. Um, is will the Ravens make a trade before the trade deadline upcoming this week um, in six days? Um, it's tough to say, but we'll start first with the flurry of trades that have been happening throughout the league. Um, so, you know, trade talk always heats up at this time because it's going to be your last chance to make a move. Um, and the Ravens, you know, are, are, you know, maybe in the hunt for some players, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, the trade flurry that started so far a, a few days ago, um, Amari Cooper was traded for the Cow- to the Cowboys for a first-rounder. They kind of overpaid for him there. Amari Cooper is a former first-rounder, but, I mean, he's not really done a whole lot. He's had a couple good seasons with the Raiders, but, you know, he's kind of lost his way a little bit. Uh, maybe the Cowboys can turn around, but a first-round price tag is very steep. Um, Eli Apple, the Giants quarterback, was sent to um, New Orleans after New Orleans was trying to figure out whether or not they wanted Patrick Peterson from the Cardinals. Uh, Patrick Peterson ultimately decided to stay with the Cardinals and, and um, rescind his request for a trade. But um, Eli Apple is sent to the Saints for a fourth and seventh rounder. He's a former first-round pick. Hasn't done very well with the, the New York Giants and hopefully um, can do better with the Saints. Um, he was a big talent out of Ohio State and just never really panned out. And then another trade coming from the uh, the New York Giants again here is they traded away Damon Snacks Harrison of all people, to the Lions for a fifth rounder. I kind of feel like the Lions got a steal here. Uh, Damon Harrison is a great run-stuffing defensive uh, defensive tackle and will really do a lot for that team. Um, and the, 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 the New York Giants are obviously in rebuilding mode at this point. They're 1-6. and six. Um, They've traded everybody away practically, but their key players um, in Eli uh, Manning, that is, you know, Saquon Barkley still there and some other guys. Um, There were talks that Eli might get traded to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I really hope that doesn't happen because Eli is obviously, you know, New York's quarterback, and that would be a real shame to see him uh, be traded away to the Jacksonville Jaguars, although it would make sense since Tom Coughlin is still there in Jacksonville. Okay, so will the Ravens make a move? Um, probably not, and I say this because the Ravens season, it's not in dire need of rebuilding. They're not, you know, being shut down game after game. They are competitive in all the games they've played, um, and they've, they've won more games than lost, and they're probably going to be a playoff team the way things are trending. Their defense is outstanding, and their offense is pretty good. Everything seems to be clicking for the most part. It's really not anything you want to touch, um, especially if there's no huge need. The only huge need I could see would be at running back. Maybe they would go for somebody like Amir Abdullah on the Lions um, or try to get somebody else. I really don't know who else they, they would go for. LaShawn McCoy has been floated around, but he's kind of – falling apart here at this point. Um, he's getting older in his career, too. Um, yeah, it doesn't really look like they're going to make any moves 
uh, in that department. Um, they could go for an offensive lineman. I think Logan Levy over at Baltimore Beatdown suggested the trade for Alex Mack from the Falcons. I really don't think that's going to happen. I think the Ravens are content with Matt Skura right now. And, um, you know, it, it might not be worth messing up with what's going on already for that. So um, the Ravens probably won't make a move. I mean, Ozzie Newsom's only ever made three um, in-season trades throughout his entire career of uh, 22 years with the Ravens. Um, nothing is going crazy with them right now, so I think they're just going to stand pat and uh, hold the fort down. Um, they have, again, they've got a, they've got a good team moving forward, and I don't think that you know it should really should be met. The formula should be messed with. Okay, finally, we're at the three key matchups for the Ravens and Panthers game. We'll wrap this up to close the episode. Um, there's a lot of things the Ravens can do to win this game in Carolina. It's a crucial game, in my opinion. It's a must-win game. The Ravens uh, simply can't afford to go four and four, especially in their division, the AFC North, which is pretty competitive right now with the Steelers, Bengals, and even the Browns are still in this thing. Um, but a win in Carolina would really secure themselves as a playoff uh, contender, uh, a major playoff contender, um, and it would knock off one of the teams that is being touted as a top ten team as well. I think the Ravens do have the upper hand, although I'm not really comfortable saying that they're going to win the game yet. I still haven't gone through my complete analysis on choosing a winner of this upcoming game. Um, but there are three three main air, uh, matchups that the Ravens have to win uh, in order to secure or to order in order to ensure a victory um, this upcoming Sunday. So the first would be Cam Newton versus, versus the Ravens front seven. Obviously, Cam Newton is a running quarterback. Um, he can pass very well as well, but. Um, the running game is what makes him super deadly because you don't know when he's going to take off and get those yards that you know he wouldn't be able to get through the air. Um, so the Ravens front seven will have to stop him and prevent him from doing any major damage to the uh, to the Ravens defense. Um, you know players like C.J. Mosley, Patrick Onwasar, Kenny Young, Suggs, Darius Smith, Brandon Williams, Michael Pierce, everybody in those in the linebackers and, and defensive line. They're all going to have to come together and try to stop Cam Newton from doing a whole lot. I would suggest that Wink Martindale put a spy on Cam Newton throughout the game. Maybe it's Patrick Onwaso, uh, Kenny Young, or, or even C.J. Mosley if you feel he's probably the best bet to stop um, to stop Cam Newton. Um, but something has to be done to prevent his his mobile abilities from you know taking over this game. And you know we don't want to see what happened towards the end of the game on Sunday, where the running game for the Saints kind of just kept them alive for like a little bit and just kept their drives extended to run out the clock. We don't want to see a situation like that happening in Carolina, or even him just you know taking off and getting first down after first down after first down. The Ravens are going to have to stop him from running all over them. And I don't think that he will run all over them. I think that the Ravens will be able to pull out, you know, he they won't stop him every play, but but they'll, you know, kind of contain him and hold him to the pocket for most of it. Um, Devin Funchess versus Jimmy Smith is another matchup I'm looking at here. Devin Funchess, uh, not really the best receiver in the league. I wouldn't even say he's, you know, super good. I think he's a good receiver. Um, maybe it's just because he doesn't get a whole lot of, you know, passes because of the Cam Newton running game as well. Um, is strong, but Devin Funchess will be Cam Newton's number one target on Sunday, and whether or not the Ravens can stop him will ultimately, um, you know, make the make the game or will ultimately, you know, be an indicator of whether the game is one-dimensional or not for the Carolina Panthers. 
Uh, if they can shut down Devin Funches with Jimmy Smith, then I think Marlon Humphrey, if he's available, or Brandon Carr, can go up against Torrey Smith and do the uh, do a lot of damage. And the linebackers should be able to, you know, do their best to contain Greg Olson. You know, he's going to do a whole lot to you, though. Um, but you know, Devin Funches is going to be the real barometer for this team, um, and. Uh, I'm sorry, for this Panthers offensive attack through the air, and if the Ravens can shut him down with Jimmy Smith or whoever they're going to put on him, assuming Jimmy Smith, uh, they still trust him after Sunday's game, if they can shut him down, then that would be a um, a key moment and a key step into thwarting this Panthers offense, which has struggled throughout the year. Uh, but they seem to be very good in the fourth quarter, so this will have to be a four-quarters um, uh, endeavor. You saw on Sunday that... Um, you saw on Sunday that, that the, the defense kind of struggled once it got to the fourth quarter, allowed 17 points for the Saints. And just as I am recording this, I'm getting word that Jimmy Smith actually did not practice today. Uh, he is out with a groin injury. Um, we'll have to see how this plays out. He probably could be back. Limited participation, Anthony Averett. He's been in and out. Um, Anthony Levine as well, and Alex Lewis. John Brown had a Veterans Day off. Same thing with uh, Michael Crabtree, Eric Weddle. Um, James Hurst still out. Jimmy Smith did not practice today. Marlon Humphrey still out. Brandon Carr did not practice today. He's got a knee injury. That's not good either. Um, so hopefully this Ravens secondary can get healthy in time for Sunday's game. I think they will. Um, you don't want your top three quarterbacks out. That would be a very bad situation. Um, and finally, Christian McCaffrey versus C.J. Mosley. What is C.J. Mosley going to do to stop Christian McCaffrey? Christian McCaffrey is obviously a great running back, but he's going to be a uh, pass catcher as well. I expect the Ravens to put Mosley on him uh, throughout the game and task him with uh, hunting down the prolific young running back. Uh, we don't want McCaffrey to trample the Ravens on the ground or through the air. Um, and if he does, then it would be a pretty bad thing for the Baltimore Ravens. That would make it very difficult for them to win on Sunday. But yeah, those are the three key matchups. Cam Newton versus the Ravens front seven, Devin Funches versus Jimmy Smith, and Christian McCaffrey versus C.J. Mosley. Okay, everybody, I won't give my prediction for this game until this Sunday. You can catch that on preview and predictions. Ravens retrospective review will come out later today. Uh, make sure to rate this podcast on iTunes. If you're listening on iTunes, that greatly uh, helps us at the Baltimore Feather and uh, Nest Talk. Thank you very much for listening. You can catch me at Chris Linfon on Twitter. You can find the podcast at Nest Talk on Twitter or on Facebook. You can also find uh, the Baltimore Feather, uh, baltimorefeather.com, uh, or hit us up on Facebook or at Be More Feather on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, hopefully the Ravens win this Sunday, and I'll see you next week.